Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Today, we have another edition of the Soft Skills Series. We'll talk to a professional about how to remove the mental and psychological blocks that are harming your sales performance. In this episode, we go deep into the human psyche and discuss how to rewire limiting beliefs that are holding you back from reaching your full potential. If you ever felt like you know what to do, but don't understand why you won't do it, or if you felt like you've hit a plateau and can't get past a certain level, this episode is for you. Pay close attention to this one. I'll see you on the other side. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome Welcome to to Outbound Outbound Metrics. Umar Hamid is the CEO of No Limits Selling. No Limits Selling is a professional training and coaching company that specializes in improving sales performance. They guarantee their work by offering a 30 to 50% increase in sales performance or your money back. No Limit Selling uses the latest insights from neuroscience and NLP to help salespeople and sales teams break through their limitations and perform at a higher level. Umar, pleasure to have you on. Are you ready to dive in? Oh, yeah. Looking forward to it. And thanks so much for the invitation. And it's always good to talk about sales because nothing happens in the world till some salesperson sells something. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. NLP. I'd like to just kind of set the frame that way and talk about what is NLP since we'll be talking about it. Sure. Some people out there, uh, it, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, and pretty much what it is, is a deep understanding of the human mind and how do we create change very, very quickly. It was developed in the 1970s. It gotten to a certain level in the US, but in Europe and Asia, it is huge because people mm. realize that if we let people take charge of their mindset, they can do phenomenal things. Because you and I both know people that when we talk to them over a beer or whatever, they're like, this is the year. I'm going to be fantastic. I'm going to be amazing. And at the end of the year, they're not. Not because they didn't have the desire, but not because they didn't have the willpower, but some unseen force in here was sabotaging what they were doing. And if we could cure that, we would make the world a better place. Awesome. And how did you get into NLP? I took up the game of squash. And uh, I sucked at it. 
But two months later, I got better. And three months later, I got better. And then another two months later, I got better. And one day was, wait a minute, I run a computer consulting company. I have passion for it. I work hard at it. I love it. Same thing for squash. How come I can improve in squash and not in business? And someone said, go see this woman. Her name is Una Elliott. She does this thing called NLP and she's going to help you. And it's like, okay. And so I went to see her and it was a life changing experience. And when I left that session, I knew in my heart of hearts, something profound had changed within me. She made it happen. And I made a promise one day I'm going to learn this. And so I can help other people break through their uh, barriers. And that's what I ended up doing years later. Awesome. What, what happened during that session? So somewhere in my psyche, I have had a notion that I am here to change the world. And the way I'm going to change the world is invent penicillin, or you're going to invent penicillin, and you're about to cross the street, and I stop you from being run over. So I'm not sure whether I actually create something, or I stop somebody from you know, getting injured, that they create something. But that was the notion at a deep unconscious level. And I wasn't totally sure this business that I was doing was in the right path to intersect with that moment in time when I do something great. And all of this is in my unconscious and I've got drive to succeed, but this unseen force is basically holding me in check. And mm. she helped me realize what it was and removed it. And when she removed it, it was like 150 pounds got lifted off my shoulders. And it was like, all right, let me get back to work on Monday. I'm going to set the world uh, ablaze. And that's what I ended up doing. She didn't teach me a thing about selling, about leadership, about life. You just got me unstuck and sent me on my way. So, but basically like removing, she helped you remove a mental or psychological obstacle. That I didn't even know I had. Mm. And so this, the penicillin sequence, that was like a mental movie in your head that was playing? Not so much. It was more like, uh, it was even deeper than that. It was like some notion deep down that I'm going to, I'm here to do something great on planet Earth. I'm not sure what it is. It could be that I actually do something great. Or I, like I said, I save someone that's going to go out to be a hero. And, uh, but that was a thing is like, I talk to people now and they're like, uh, they don't even know they're stuck, but people around them do. It's like, Oh my God, Janet is amazing. And she could be a rock star and she just can't see it. Right. The question is, how does that happen? Right. Right. And I want to go into the types of things that you do, the types of things that are done in NLP to remove those obstacles. But sure. I'd like to uh, also talk about who needs it and also get into salespeople. So like who, who needs NLP or who could benefit from NLP? All right. So pay attention, listeners. If you have a pulse, you may need NLP. And I'll tell you why I say that. Because there's people that are stuck. They're like, oh my God, I'm stuck. I'm not sure what's going on. I need help. And there's other people that I know how I'm stuck. I've got bad beliefs around money and is sabotaging everything I do. I know what the problem is. I just don't know how to fix it. Mm -hmm. The other people are, they don't even know a problem. And then you've got these other people that are phenomenal. They do a great job, but there's another plateau of performance, uh, but they just don't know how to get there. Like nothing's broken. They're earning a ton of cash. They have a great family life. They're amazing people. They're very successful, but the next level always is a mindset issue. Pretty much one of the ways uh, to know if you need NLP is this, is if I, oh, I'm not sure how many people are going to be watching this, but if I asked everyone watching this, you can't be an opera singer, I doubt there'd be one person there that'd be really upset by it. Might be one viewer going, oh, I want to be an opera singer. So mm -hmm. you don't care about that. I said, Morgan, you can't be an opera singer. And you're like, uh, 
who cares? Uh, But if I said, if you want to do something that's really important to you, your body is going to let you know immediately. You're going to get anxiety or you're going to get negative thoughts coming in your head, like some kind of reaction is going to happen. So one of the things to do is pay attention to your body. When you go to do something that you want to do, if anxiety comes up, uncertainty comes up, doubt comes up, or just that your gut goes into a knot, you know there's something there blocking you from executing. And so mm-hmm. that would be one of the signs. If you want to do something and it causes you angst, something's blocking you. Got you. Like that voice in your head or, or like you're saying, that feeling that tries Absolutely. to stop you. So let me tell you a story. I was doing a presentation. There was like 21 CEOs in the room. And I gave everybody a three by five card. And I said, you know, you all have a negative voice inside your head. What does your voice say to sabotage you when you go to do something important? By the way, Morgan, what does your voice say when you go to do something different or challenging? Something like, you know, I'll never work because blank, you know. Yeah. So we've, we've all got it. Everyone writes down what their voice says. I take all the cards back. I shuffle them up and I hand them out randomly. And the first guy, John, stands up and he basically goes, uh, he's reading somebody else's negative thought. He doesn't know who because there's no name. And it's basically something like, you know, I'm a failure and I'll never amount to much. And you can hear a pin drop because they're all successful CEOs in the room. And one of them has this inside their head. And then the next person reads the next person. By the time you get the third person, everyone goes, holy cow, we all have that in our head. Mm-hmm. So then we go to break. And at break time, this woman comes up to me and says, Umar. John read my card. And when he said it, all I wanted to do was go there and hug him. But I can't hug myself when that thought is mine happening Mm. to me. And so we all have things that block us from executing. And what would be the impact on your life, dear viewer, dear listener, if that one issue, and you know what that issue is, if you could resolve that issue right now, how would it change your life? For many people, let's say the issue is procrastination. Uh, one, it delays things that you do. Two, it causes a lot of stress. It causes worry. People think you're like a, an idiot or lazy. If you've got this need to be liked, you delay making decisions. Sometimes you go with a bad decision because you don't want people to dislike you. All those things make you live a smaller life and a lot more anxiety. If we could make that go away, that it would free you to accelerate to where you need to get to. Will there be Mm. another block? Sure. But that might be two years from now. Get unstuck now and go live your freaking life. And because you, me, everybody around us is a beacon of light for the people around them. And uh, most of us have blinders on and we have dirty windows and that light ain't getting out and we're not helping anybody. But when we let go of our fear and we end up executing at the level we want, people around us sometimes go, well, you know what? If Morgan can do it, maybe I can do it too. And that's what we're looking for, the possibility of them going, I might be able to let go of my fear or my uncertainty and just go down that journey. Just by doing that one thing, amazing stuff happens. Will you succeed? Maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. But just that momentum is going to help you go. But most of us stay stuck in our lane and we stay stuck in our comfort zone. And the one thing I want you to know is the comfort zone is either expanding or is shrinking. There is no status quo. Mm -hmm. And if you're not expanding it to your listener or viewer, it's shrinking. For people who are still having trouble grasping this, which, I mean, if someone just found out about NLP right now, I'm sure they are. 
Tony Robbins, he's an NLP, right? Oh yeah, he's NLP. He's NLP. Okay, because I figured he's the biggest NLP. He's about twelve feet tall. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's a giant. He's a giant. And also to kind of help people make connections, how is this different than like going to a therapist or you know? So yeah, let me tell you. Uh, but I'll tell you like a a story, and then we'll say what would have happened if they went to a therapist. So I was doing a keynote speech, and this guy comes up to me afterwards and says, "Umar." I got a problem. Uh, can I set up an appointment with you? Uh, I've heard what you do. I want to work with you. Comes in for a session and I go, so what's going on? He says, Umar, I'm the number one salesperson for my company and I earn a ton of dough. That does not sound like a problem to me. Right. He says, the problem is this. I know there's another level of performance and no matter what I do, I can't get to the next plateau of performance. Mm -hmm. And it's just driving me crazy because I can't figure it out. And so if this person went to a therapist and said, you know, I know I could be doing better and I'm not doing better, what would the therapist do? And it could be, uh, Morgan, you know, do you know that you could do anything you want, that you have this amazing capacity? Do you know you're made from the same material as the stars? Or, or Morgan, why do you think you can't do it? Right. Or tell me about your relationship, some bullshitty thing. And is therapy good? Absolutely. And people that need it, go to it. But for this kind of stuff, this guy comes and tells me what the problem is. And I ask him this question. Tell me about a particular time you were fretting about not getting to the next plateau. He says, oh, I came home from work the other day and I was still in the car. Before I got out of the car, I was thinking, you know, what the hell? Why can't I do better? I said, okay, in your mind's eye, go back to that very moment be sitting in the car, see the dashboard, see the garage door in front of you. He says, okay, I'm doing it. I said, excellent. I hear what have you heard? The music in the background, your inner thoughts, whatever was happening, hear that now. He goes, I'm doing it. I said, great. When you do those two things, you get to re-experience what you were feeling in your body. What were you feeling? And he goes, that's weird. In my chest, I felt this like uncomfortable anxiety feeling right there mm -hmm. and I'm feeling it now. There's a tool from NLP you can use to link this feeling to the unconscious mind that records everything. And as soon as I linked that feeling, had I not linked it and I asked him, have you felt this before? He would have gone, maybe. Using this tool instantly goes to a childhood memory. Mm. He goes, oh my God, I'd forgotten this. I was eight or nine years old and my family went out to this restaurant. And before the waitress came to take our order, dad turned to us kids, pointed at me and said, remember, don't order steak. We can't afford it. And in that moment, it created a belief around money and self-worth. And even with that limiting belief, he's reached the number one salesperson status. But anytime he thinks of doing better, that anxiety comes up. So we know it's linked to that belief and it stops him and it sabotages him. So we identified it. NLP has a really robust toolkit to change beliefs. We changed the belief around it, sent him on his way. And I get a call about a week later saying, Umar, I'm not sure what the frick you did, dude, but <laughs> my passion and my drive, and my certainty is off the charts. I'm just executing at a much higher level and I am going to just shatter all the records I've set in the past. So we didn't teach him a thing about selling. All we did was figure out what the belief was and change it. So one of the areas where we get stuck is a limiting belief inside our head that sabotages what we're doing. And there's another two ways where we get stuck and we can cover that if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's do both those. Yeah. Like with that stupid question I asked, who's going to say, Oh no, Omar, never mind about that. Let's go talk <laughs> about something else. So, <laughs> so the second place people get stuck is 
you're talking to a salesperson and they go, Umar, this year I'm going to crush it. It's going to be amazing. This is my year. I'm going to do great. Strong voice, strong gestures. And then they go, but you know, you know, I'm not sure I have the right uh, training to do that. And the tone of voice changes and the gestures get weak. As soon as you see that, all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, there's two driving forces inside their head. One is saying, uh, I know I can be successful. And the other one saying, who the hell do you think you are? So this woman came in to see me and that's what she does. She's saying, uh, my husband and I have this small little company. There's only five of us and I'm the chief salesperson. And I go to networking events and I meet people and then I take their card and I call them up and they don't want to meet with me. Or I go to a restaurant and the owner comes out and sits with me and I tell him what I want to sell him. And he says, no, when I get back to the car, I know when he said this, I should have said that. But in the moment, that thought never came in my head and it's driving Mm. me crazy. And then she does the, I know I can be great at this. And then it's like, well, I've not been trained in sales. So I see this like this two dueling things. So we resolve that conflict, that session. And I go, well, how many business cards did you collect this week to call for like appointments? And she goes, you know, a, a deck about this thick. I said, okay, on Monday, start calling those people. Let me know how it turns out. So she gets into work on Monday and she uh, sits down, gets the phone, gets the first card, calls up the number. And normally when the person objects, she doesn't know what to say and then hangs up and she knows what to say afterwards. Mm -hmm. She gets on the phone and she says, Umar, the right words just fell out of my mouth and I got a meeting. And the first thing I did was dance in our company because this has not happened for a while. Mm -hmm. And that day I got five meetings and that week I got 17 meetings set up. Wow. And so we didn't teach her a thing about selling, but we figured out what had her stuck. That was two opposing forces fighting each other. And the third way is something called hot wiring. I had this gentleman come in. His name is Brian Harner, and he's a financial planner. And he also had a cold calling thing. He says, Umar, I should have quit two months ago because I'm starving to death. Uh, I just don't have enough appointments. Not enough appointments means no sales and I'm just dying here and I just can't pick up the phone. It's just horrible. I said, okay. And then I happened to be a really good hypnotist. So I put him in a light trance and have him go back to one of the times where he was doing a dialing session. And this is what he was doing at an unconscious level. He knew what he was doing on a conscious level, but on an unconscious level, the first thing when he thought about, when he saw the phone, in his office to go pick it up, looking at the phone triggered this process. The first thing he did, an inner voice came up in his head, cold calling doesn't work and it's a waste of time. The second thing that came up, he made a picture of a busy CEO working, the phone rings and he looks really annoyed that somebody's bothering him. And that made him feel uh, anxiety that he's gonna cause this. Then he looped it. From that anxiety, the inner voice got more toxic. The pictures got worse. The anxiety got worse. And after about eight seconds, the last thing in the world he wanted to do was pick up the phone. Mm. So he said, okay, you've got an unconscious pathway. Look at the phone. Talk to yourself badly. Make bad pictures. Feel really bad. Keep on doing it till you get a nosebleed. So it's like, we need to set up a new pathway. So I go to Brian. Brian, Tell me about a time you were really, really curious about something, like insanely curious. Guy goes, 
yeah, when I was eight or nine years old, my brother and I figured out where mom hid the Christmas presents. We dare not open them, but we could shake them and we could smell them and we could try and guess what was in there. And I had to know what was inside. So we captured that memory and captured that uh, curiosity. And I said, tell me about a time you were decisive. And he thinks about a time he was decisive. We capture that emotion. Then tell me about a time you had a burning desire. And he goes, when I graduated uh, university, I had no business buying a new car, but nothing in the world was going to stop me because that was a symbol of me arriving in manhood. And so we got that burning desire. Then we linked it to the phone. Now, when he looks at the phone, there's two pathways. The old pathway is look at the phone, talk to yourself badly, make bad pictures, feel really bad, keep on doing it till you get a nosebleed. Same trigger, look at the phone, instantly feel deeply curious. You can figure out what you could do with the phone. Then you feel decisive and you pick one of those things that you had the options to do. Then you get a burning desire. So the most important thing in the entire world is to pick up that freaking phone and make a call. And he calls back and says, Umar, each time I look at the phone, all I want to do is pick it up. I'm talking to people. I'm setting appointments. Mm. And about two years later, three years later, it was like, I wonder how Brian's doing. So I reach out to Brian and say, hey, Brian, how are things going? He says, Umar, that year that I met you, I was starving to death. One of the higher pinnacles in financial services is reaching the million dollar round table. He says, that year I made the million dollar round table. I haven't left since. Mm. That's what you did for me. So I didn't teach him a thing about cold calling. It was like, what's got you stuck? So just to recap three ways, a limiting belief inside your head that's sabotaging you, inner conflict that creates a lot of stress and stops you from progressing, or something that's hotwired in your system with a trigger and a bunch of other things that stop you from showing up in your most powerful way. And that's why it's a privilege helping people get unstuck so they can actually get on with building their lives and being that lighthouse. I keep on going back to that because we have a responsibility to, to the people around us, not to show off, but to just achieve. So it gives them permission to achieve or gives them the possibility to achieve. Because there's people out there that could be amazing and their reality, they've got a death grip on it. And right now, if you were here, you'd have to fight me tooth and nail to get this pen out of my hand. But if I can get you to loosen your grip, then you've got the possibility of change. And that's what you do. When you show up in a more powerful way, you give other people permission to expand their model of the world that allows them the possibility to change and change and to achieve. So there are big picture is there are these beliefs that we all have in our heads, right? And they're either they can either be negative or positive, right? Or neutral, absolutely. Or neutral. And I, you know, I guess I would assume a small percentage of them we we know or at least think we know consciously, but the majority are underneath the surface in our unconscious mind. Yes. Right. And that's why when we do things, do destructive things and want to stop or can't do something that's, you know, we want to do that's positive, can't reach specific goals because something that's embedded deep inside. is an unseen force. And yeah, and it sabotages what we're doing. Like just the other day I was talking to somebody and I don't think they have a healthy relationship with sales. As soon as they started talking about it, this is the posture they took. Mm. Like, and they didn't even realize they were doing it because some belief inside was saying, not for you, it's a headache. You're no good at this. 
And all sales is really is me connecting to you, one human being to another. And if right. I can do that, we can have a great conversation. We can talk about, hey, what's going on for you? Tell me what's going on. Oh, you got this thing. Uh, we got this thing that might be able to help. If you can just do that, that's freaking selling. You don't have to be like a rocket scientist. But so let's say you've got this person and they meet you on a bus. And it's like uh, they have a conversation about whatever they want to have a conversation with you about. You guys have a great time together. Now, let's say that same person went into a meeting to sell you something and they got hangups around selling. Then either they're going to be like uh, uh, anxious or forceful or just put you off because all of a sudden they've got a different set of beliefs so they show up differently. If you can just get those beliefs to go away and realize we're here to help people, that it would just allow them to be different. It's just like if I went to a bar and there was a woman there that I went, you know, I'd like to be her friend. She looks like an interesting person. I can go over and say, hey, I, I noticed you were uh, there across the room. And I just want to say, hey, I think we may have some things in common and we'd have a great conversation. She would like me because I'm amazing. I would like her because I want to get to know her and everything would be amazing. But let's say it was like, I would like her to be my girlfriend. I'd like her to go home with me and have sex. And all of a sudden, this is a romantic thing. All of a sudden, a different filter comes up mm. and I go, hi, how are you? Right. And because it's a different belief, right? It's the same activity, but the context is different because all of a sudden this is like, this is love and romance. And I got beliefs around that and my attractiveness yeah. when it was just friendship. It was like, hey, how are you? If I show up that way to that person, I'm taking a lot of people home. But if yeah. I show up with that uh, anxiety, then of course, this is not going to happen. Uh, that was, that was an episode of the office where I don't know if really? you watched the office, but yeah, Jim and Pam bring their friend, Pam's friend to a bar, this woman and Michael's talking to her and they're having a good time, just like hanging out. And Jim's like, Hey, you know, she likes you. And then like, like a light switch, she starts getting all weird and doing weird stuff and like just blows it. And it's just, it's, it's so funny. I feel like you mentioned dating. That's a good one. Sales is a good one you know, people are afraid of public speaking. I feel like anything where there is rejection involved, some form of rejection that people don't, you know, nobody likes to be rejected. Like a lot of that can, 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 can build inside of you. Absolutely. Um, for sure. So we've been talking about, you know, NLP, how amazing it is. Uh, mm -hmm. Why don't I give you an example of how powerful it is? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So Morgan, I want you to think about what is your level of self-esteem right now talking with me? We're just having a conversation and uh, zero would be you have no self-esteem and 100 would be that you can't wait till I shut up so you can go in the bathroom, look in the mirror and go, you're so beautiful. <laughs> let's say, so, let's, let's say, let's say above average, let's say like 80. So 80. So yeah. uh, we're going to remember that. So Morgan, let me take you through a thought experiment and dear viewers and listeners, just figure out what your level of self-esteem is and just write it down on a scale of zero to hundred. So I'm going to talk to Morgan, but I'm actually talking to you as well. So Morgan, I want you to just imagine that the Wall Street Journal wants to do an article about you. And your friends tell you, well, you better prepare for this article. And you go in this room and on one side of the room is a, a desk, a chair, a tablet, a paper, and a pen. And you sit down on that desk with that tablet of paper and you start writing down your accomplishments all the way back to when you were a little kid doing those art projects that your parents thought you were a genius. <laughs> you start thinking about what you did uh, with your friends or with your siblings, what you did in elementary school. 
maybe some of the accomplishments in Sunday school. And then projects you did in high school, summer jobs, athletic events. And as you're writing your accomplishments from a little kid all the way up to where you are right now, you notice that this room is divided in two with a glass wall. You're sitting on one side of the room, writing your accomplishments, and the essence of who you are, some people might call it higher self or soul, steps out of your body, steps through that glass wall. So you're standing on this side of the glass wall, watching yourself write your accomplishments on the other side of the room. And so, Morgan, I want you to think of someone in your life, someone that loves you very much or someone that values you highly. Who's that person for you? Who comes to mind? Uh, I'd say my mother. Yeah. What's her name? Danae. Just imagine that Danae is standing right beside you on the other side of the glass wall, watching you write your accomplishments on that side of the room. And Morgan, since your spirit, you step inside your mom's body just for a moment and you get to see yourself through her loving eyes. and just got a really good sense of how she sees you and how much she loves you. And since you're inside her body, you get to hear her thoughts about you, how much she loves you, how much she values you. Get a really good sense of that. And since you're inside her body, I want you to really tap into the depth of her emotions for you, all that love and caring and warmth. And now that you have how she feels about you, You can hear what she thinks about you and you can see the way she looks at you. You step out of her body, you go through that glass wall and you step back into where you are right now, listening to my voice. When you step back in, it changes something profound inside, right? Yeah. When you think about your self-esteem, that number's changed. What's that number now? Yeah, now it's like a hundred. Yeah, and think about that. And what I did for you is not like a, Morgan, you're fantastic. You're amazing. You can do anything, which is like external motivation. Right. I showed you how to bring it inside and no one can steal that from you. And just before you go to do an important meeting or you're at a bar and you find somebody attractive across the room, or you're about to do like you finally landed Gittimer or whoever, and you're a little nervous, just go through that exercise and you can just feel unstoppable and you're going to do a phenomenal job. That's what I want to do. That's my mission in life. My mission in life is to teach people how to take charge of their mindset. So they just show up in the way the maker intended them to do. I just want you to know that your parents and the divine, no one said, you know, how can we screw up Morgan? No one's ever said that. Uh, Maybe your arch enemy, but not those people that love you. They want the best for you. And the only person that's screwing it up, Morgan, turns out to be you. And some of those experiences, and here's the thing, is that some of those experiences and negative beliefs you have are not true. Something happened and you made meaning out of it. That must mean I'm not good enough when that was never the intention. So, you know, I tell people sometimes you could have uh, twins, two six-year-olds in the family room. Mom comes in and said, all right. Clean up now, it's time to go to bed. Twin one goes, mom loves me, wants me to get a good night's sleep. Twin two, she never lets me do anything. She doesn't trust me. So our parents do the best they can. It's the meanings that we make determine the beliefs that we create. Mm. And those beliefs, if you knew what some of the beliefs that are negative you have, if it came up here and you'd kind of go, get out of here, that's not even true. And you just change it like that. But they're in our unconscious. And it's a lot like if I was outside right now and I put my hand like this, there would be a shadow on the ground uh, in the shape of my hand. And that is the symptoms. And sometimes you can see the symptoms. I go to do this thing, I feel nervous or I second guess myself or my voice cracks. 
but we have no idea what's causing it. And that's what NLP does really, really well. And that's my mission in life is to help people go, oh, it's this belief or it's this mechanism. Let's change it right now. And every day is a joyous day because I get to help people break through the barriers so they become freaking awesome. I first got exposed to NLP or just knew about it several years ago and have done some exercises before and we just went through that exercise and it really is powerful. Like it does change your state. It, it does. It can, it can help change your beliefs. I, I really do believe that. Why hasn't, why, why hasn't NLP been accepted in the scientific community? The, you know, I don't know what it, the psychological yeah, psychiatric. psychiatric here's a couple of, yeah. So here's a couple of reasons. So when NLP was first developed, it was like really amazing. Mm-hmm. And so our heroes, uh, Richard Bandler and John Grinder, the founders, went to psychiatric conferences. And they said in the US, hey guys, what you're doing is like so primitive. Let us show you something better. And as soon as you do that to a professional, like what you know is yeah. dumb, what I know is smarter, they're immediately like, We can't say this on the interview, but we can do the hand sign. (laughs) And so they did that and alienated themselves from the psychiatric community. Mm. Their first disciples that came from Europe and Asia went back and they said to the psychiatric community, you guys are amazing. You might like these tools as well. And when they saw those tools, they're like, oh my God, we would like those. And so it just was a different reception. So I think that initial start happened there. And the second thing is I have helped thousands of people get breakthroughs and there hasn't been a lot of research on it. And there is this thing that, you know, there's, there's, there's no scientific rigor on it, but I want you to know that this, like, let's say you take Freudian therapy. Does it work? Yes. How long does it take? Sometimes freaking years. Now where's the, where's the rigor there and why wait years to go do that? Here's kind of my thoughts on it is this. So I'm going to give you an example because you spoke about public speaking. Let's say you've got a kid that's five or six years old. Teacher says, you know, little Billy, could you read to the class from your book? Billy gets up and he reads from the, the book and he, and he mispronounces one word and the kids snicker. And the teacher gives him a look, which might be concern, but he labels it, you think I'm stupid. And little Billy makes a decision, I'll never read in public again. No public speaking mm. ever. Will he do public speaking in his life? Absolutely. Will he love it? No, he would hate it. Yeah. And he gets to be 65 years old. 60 years later, he's in a senior uh, living community. And the idiots that are on the board are doing such a bad job. He gets so angry. He decides to run for board president. And he has to do a lot of public speaking. When he got so angry, it changed his beliefs around uh, speaking. And he can just speak. Mm. Took him 60 years to get there, but he changed in a moment. You could have somebody else, the exact same experience. They're going to get uh, a job as a regional sales manager. They'll have to do presentations. They had the same childhood experience, made a promise. I'll never public speak. They go to a therapist and, you know, three months into therapy, the therapist says something and it changes something inside Billy. And in that moment, he can public speak without any fear. Took him six months of therapy to get there. All I'm concerned about is this, is not which method we use or how long it took to get there. A moment before the therapist something said something, the person was stuck. The therapist said something or did something, 
And a moment later, they were unstuck. What happened in that moment of change yeah. in that human being? And if we could get people to that change point, that we would change the world. And uh, let me share a story with you, if I may. Yes. Uh, I had this woman. I'm going to get sniffles. She was recommended to come see me. She's a businesswoman. And she's reached a certain plateau. And she tells me that when she was eight years old, her her father started sexually molesting her until she was 12. And it's tied in with that is what's happening right now. She, she just knows that's the link. And so the very first session we work on, there's a part of her knows that she could get better. There's another part that I don't deserve it because this thing happened to me. And we resolve that in the very first session. And the guarantee I'd given her is I've got this program called Get Unstuck that this month in four sessions, you are going to get unstuck from that issue guaranteed. So mm. first week, we resolve that conflict. And she says, I have not felt this much joy in my life in decades. Second week, we resolve what happened on the sexual abuse and got her to disconnect from that. Third week, we got her to figure out why she's here, what's the purpose in life and who she is truly deeply. And there's a testimonial, and we'll put a link on it in the show notes of her talking about what she feels like after week three. And she is just full of joy and passion and drive. It's one of the things I like about her testimonial is her kids keep on saying, mom, are you okay? She goes, of course I'm okay. Are you sure you're okay? She goes, why? Because normally you'd fly off the handle and now you're calm and you're centered and you're happy. What's going on? And that's how powerful change is. And that's what gives my life meaning is the ability to help people do that. Because we all deserve happiness. We all deserve to shine. Because not only do we owe it to ourselves, but we owe it to the people around us. Absolutely. There's so many people out there who have so much potential that's just untapped, right? And then oftentimes they're just, you know, waiting to break out, right? So you mentioned that get un- you're a Get Unstuck program. Sounds like it gets fast results. Let's talk a little bit about that and how you deliver that and how you help people. Sure. What we do is say, okay, what's that one issue? So let me ask you, Morgan, you're a successful person, but there's always another plateau. If there's one thing that you could resolve, it's like, Umar, magically, if you could make this thing go away, it would be huge for me. So what's that thing for you? Make something go away? Like, you know, if that one issue, like it could be second guessing yourself, it could be ego, it could be whatever. Is there one issue that, you know, if you could just make that issue go away that it would just free you up to go to much greater heights. Yeah. I like the second guessing one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like if we can make that go away, cause you kind of know what the frick to do. It's just when that second guessing comes up, you kind of hedge what you're doing. If we can make that go, it'd be huge for you. So I had, uh, so people know what the issue is. They don't know what's causing it. So people could come in and say for a CEO to have a need to be liked, what that does for them is this, is it delays decisions. Sometimes they know that what's happening in the company is not going to work, but because Jason has been running this thing and uh, they don't want to hurt his feelings, so they let this thing go. But when they finally kill it, people go into the CEO's office and say, you know, thank God you killed it, but you know, you should have done it like six months ago. And the CEO wanted to do it six months ago because they got this need to be liked. It stops them. Sometimes they need to fire somebody and they just don't do it because they don't want to be the bad guy. So Mm -hmm. somebody like that can come in 
Because they could go to a regular business coach or a sales coach, and they could talk about that issue and try and resolve it, but it's not going to resolve. So they come in, and we guarantee, usually within the first few sessions, we're going to just make that go away, and then we're just going to clean things up and give them some more tools. But the guarantee is within 30 days, that's going to be gone. And so that way, it's not a long-term coaching relationship. So sometimes coaches say, hey, Umar, I've got this client help them get unstuck here and then can go back to the coaching client where they coach. Cause that's not what I do. Mine is very much laser focused, go in, change. You're trying this, this program is meant to get people fast results yep. on one specific issue that's holding them back. Yep. And just uh, whatever that issue is. And it could be, do you know how many people feel like an imposter? I'm sure more than most people, most people. Yeah. And there's also a lot of successful people that feel like an imposter. So let me tell you about a client story. This one CEO uh, came in to see me because she was micromanaging her uh, management team and alienating them. And it turns out that when she was a little girl, her mom went out on her first date after the, after the divorce. She'd never been left alone before. And somebody came to the front door to the house and freaked her out. They didn't do anything. It was just somebody coming to the front door. She ran in the kitchen, got the biggest knife she could find, ran in the bathroom, shut the door, and stood there in the dark holding that knife. Wow. And when she was standing there, she had a thought. And the thought was, because she thought her life was in danger, and it wasn't. The thought she had was, to my mom, men are more important than me. Because if I was important, she'd be here protecting me. And from that thought, she created a belief the only person I can trust in the entire world is me. Mm. And so it took her two years to get the management team for a company. So intellectually, she trusted them, but in her heart, she did not because the belief is you can't trust anybody. Right. So we resolved that belief and it allowed her to basically let her management team do what they need to do. But one of the things she reported back was, Umar, something weird's happening. And I go, what's happening that's weird? She says, do you know, this is the first time in my life that I, can, that I can appreciate my accomplishments. I've never been able to do that before. It's incredible. It's like, there's like, we're talking about sales for instance. So like, there's so many books on sales and sales coaching and sales success and selling and systems, da, da, da. but it's like, there's all this stuff around sales that has nothing to do with sales. That is, can be this driving force behind you know, whether or not you succeed in sales. I was listening to this other podcast where this guy, he was uh, a working with Kobe Bryant after his rape case in Colorado and where he made the, the, he made the black Mamba uh, alter ego so that he was able to like perform on the court. Yeah. But also, you know, handle those issues off the court that effect it had on him. And he was saying he was, um, Previously, he was working under a guy who was like the the big, it was a big sports psychologist for, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a psychologist, but therapist for in Major League Baseball. And he was, he said the biggest thing that he learned that was this big misconception he had going in was like, he expected people to be like, oh, I can't, you know, get a hold of my slider. I can't, you know, get out of this hitting slump. But it was actually the opposite. Most often it was people who are like, having trouble with their wife, having trouble with their kids, having trouble with money, like all this stuff around sports oh, yeah. that had nothing to do with the mechanics of the, of the game, you know, is, is very fascinating. I, you know, and what's kind of, and we're all interconnected because sometimes when I work for corporations, they'll hire me for 
working with this executive and the executive says, uh, well, well, it's a personal issue. Uh, uh, so maybe you shouldn't talk about it. So no, let's talk about that. And we work on that issue. And then all of a sudden they come in next week and said, do you know my managers uh, behaving a lot better these days? Like the manager has not changed. They changed. And sometimes <laughs> it'll be like a work issue, a legit, but then they'll come back and say, all of a sudden their kids are behaving better because we're all interconnected in those beliefs. It's think of it this way. Can you visualize dear viewer, a bunch of grapes? If there was a bunch of grapes and I was holding like the stem, there'd be a bunch of grapes hanging down from my hand. And a lot of times the, the stem is the core belief. Let's say the core belief is I'm worthless, which would be a horrible core belief. Mm-hmm. And then I'm uh, playing at school and they're going to pick teams and they pick me not last, but fourth. And all of a sudden it's like people think I'm a failure, which may not have been the thing. It creates a grape. And then another thing creates another grape. And all of a sudden you got all these grapes. And that's why sometimes therapists go, oh, here's a grape. Let's go solve that. And they go solve that. And they take some three weeks to solve that thing and everyone's happy, but they didn't address the core belief. And that grape grows back. Mm -hmm. What NLP does, and uh, I guess what I do is help you figure out what that core belief is that is causing all this BS. And let's go cure that. And what happens when you cure that? It's a lot like holding the stem like this and wrapping your finger around it and then just pulling and all the grapes fall off at once. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, 150 pounds of weight gets lifted off your shoulders. And sometimes I have to get people to write down what their problem is. Because when the change is so profound and so quick, they go, I don't know what you're talking about. I never had that issue. And it's like, dude, you were in a ball crying on the floor 30 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. But when you create shift like that so quickly, sometimes they their mind just goes, I never had that issue. So I get people to write it down and then go, holy crap. I did have this lowest self-esteem thing going on. I had no idea because it's amped up so strongly now that it just doesn't make sense that it existed half an hour ago. So one of the ways, uh, I don't think I've shared shared this with you, Morgan, is I've got this app that's a web app called Mindset Boosters. And what it does is it's got audio programs with NLP baked into it. And so let's say you had lost a really big deal that was going to make your quarter, make your VP of sales quarter, make the CEO's quarter because he was going to announce those numbers. And of course, going home to your wife, she's counting on you getting that bonus too. Let's say for whatever reason, you lose that deal. It could bum you out for an afternoon. It could bum you out for the rest of the week. It could bum you out for the entire quarter that you could go into a slump. You listen to that track, and in seven minutes, it gets you to rebound back 100% ready to move forward because we show you how to use your mind to let go of the negativity, switch on awesomeness, and go. Or we can show you how to switch on unstoppability and listen to the six-minute track or that self-esteem exercise. So it's got about 60, 70 tracks designed to help you in sales, in performance, in confidence, in sleep, and uh, that's my contribution to the world is to teach people how to take charge of their mindset. And that's one of the ways it's called mindset boosters. And uh, it, it's going to change your life because it's not just meditations, it's transformations. Awesome. How long do people usually listen to that till they start seeing results? Right away. Because it's like, just like the self-esteem thing. It's like, you know, if we were doing something else, how long would it take for you to get a better self-esteem thing? It would be like, I want you to think, read positive book, 
So I want you to do affirmations. I want you to do this. And about three weeks later, how's your self-esteem? It went from 80 to 82. We did something that took three minutes that took you to 100. Mm-hmm. So this stuff is like quick. So I've got sales reps that basically every morning they listen to a track or two and they get on freaking fire. Then they uh, go have lunch and they come back from lunch, listen to another two tracks and they're on fire again. Their afternoon, super productive. Anyway, that's my way of giving back to uh, help people get the tools they need to, to do much better. Awesome. NoLimitsSelling.com. Check out Umar's Get Unstuck program and Mindset Boosters. Is that at, is that at NoLimitsSelling.com too? Nope. That's MindsetBoosters.com. They can go there. And we'll put a couple of other links in the show notes and uh, especially that Get Unstuck program. And Morgan, thank you so much for the invitation today. It was, the time has just like flown by. It's sure. like, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I enjoyed it a ton. Thank you. For sure. All right. You have a good one. Bye-bye. One of the big takeaways I took from speaking to Umar is that your mindset determines how successful you are. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.